Welcome to the Digital Masters Growth Marketing Podcast for professional service providers, agencies, and consultants. We're going to be talking innovative strategy, tactics, and the tech tools that marketers are using in the trenches today. Made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let's get into it. All right, Justin, man. Hey, nice uh, having you on the podcast today. Steven, it's great to be on, man. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man. It's a real honor. I mean, um, I've been seeing you all around LinkedIn, I'm sure as everyone else. And um, so it's really cool that you'd, you'd take a little bit of time and share your thoughts with me and uh, just have a little discussion. Definitely, man. I, uh, I appreciate that. I'm trying my hardest uh, to be found by, by folks. And so uh, I'm glad to hear it's working. Yeah. Well, cool. So, um, and, you know, I know that you, you really are um, passionate about helping people uh, build their personal brand. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I've seen you for quite a while. I think one of the things that actually made me um, kind of take notice more recently, which I thought was cool, because it's kind of the, the, the mindset I have, is I can't remember um, exactly who it was. It was another person that I respected a lot. Um, but they were basically coming from the point of view as like, you know, the, the personal brand is, uh, is over, overrated or, 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 or they were basically just saying like, enough with the personal brand stuff, just go get your clients results and that will build your brand. Um, and I think I know where that's coming from. I, I get that perspective. But on the flip side, I was like, hey man, it's like a lot of people um, don't always have results. Um, and, and I noticed you were chiming in too. It's like everyone was being very political about it, but you were like, hey, no, I think people need to, to think about this. They, they, some people might not have results. So I'm just kind of wondering like, where did your perspective on building a personal brand come from? And why, why are you sometimes like fighting for the, the underdog or the person that may not even have a, a big resume? Yeah, it's because, I mean, what are results? It's the same um, conversation I have with folks around expertise. Like, what does expertise mean? And what do results mean? So, so for example, let me, let me give you an example with some, some context so I can help listeners understand that. Um, when I went out to build my brand, I started in early 2019 at a business that I had grown from its first dollar in revenue to, you know, maybe at that point in time, it was 30 or 35 million in recurring revenue. That's a pretty big win. Um, but if I looked at someone who had built a business to 100 million or 250 million or 500 million or a billion, then suddenly my win looks almost minuscule in comparison. So should I not have started? Should I have waited until I had more results? And it's the same thing with a, you know, account executive, like when, when do his or her results matter? Like, is it six months? Is it a year? Is it 18 months? Is it five years? And so what I, what I often tell people is your personal brand online is simply an extension of who you are offline. And so even if you have a week's worth of results, you are an expert compared to somebody with zero weeks of results. Right. And if you have 12 weeks of results, you're an expert compared to somebody with two weeks. And so I advocate for people to go out and share their experiences, not their expertise. And so that's how I think about it because building a personal brand is important in 2020 and as we go into 2021. So start sharing your experiences and don't worry about expertise. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like, it's all relative, right? Um, totally. Because, like, and it's interesting that you even mentioned that too, because like I, I built a business before and uh, I sold it. My business was doing a couple million in revenue. Um, and when I tell that story to some people, 
um, that's impressive to them. But then I tell it to other people and, um, you know, the, for whatever reason, their expertise is in such a place where that isn't as impressive to them. Mm -hmm. the, the market will ultimately decide what's impressive and not impressive. And what I often, you know, again, advocate for is that you share your experience and a certain part of the market will gravitate towards that experience. And that's the way that you build your personal brand. I'm sure there are guys, Gary Vaynerchuk's not reading my posts going, oh my goodness, Justin Welsh is a guy I have to follow because he's light years ahead of me on his journey, right? But there are other folks who haven't started their journey yet that say, oh, wow, that's really interesting that Justin's been able to build an audience or build a business. And that's something that I want to do someday. That's my audience. That's my market. And so, um, you know, there's a slice of the market for everyone. It's not a zero sum game. So go out there and find yours. Yeah, I think that's a good, a, a good point too, because, um, and, and, and that's why I, that's ultimately why I reached out to you and I, why I was gravitating to what you were saying is because I think we should be encouraging people to take these leaps. You know, it's like, um, because there's already so many things that keep us, you know, from, from doing some of these things. There's already so many reasons why we don't post, why we don't create content, why you don't create a podcast. Um, and then there's even people that will make posts that are saying like, stop calling yourself an expert until you've done this, this, and this. And I feel like they're all, they're doing those posts in a way to leverage themselves. Um, uh, so I like that kind of like more like, I don't know if it's grassroots, but just like encouraging people to take whatever expertise they have and leverage it and, and go for it and just, uh, just keep building on that. And I mean, I guess it's, it's a lot like what Gary Vaynerchuk says about, you know, document the journey instead of always trying to feel like you have to um, explain some great thing that you've done in the past. Well, there, there are two ways to get ahead in life, in business, in audience building. And those two ways are either to be lifted up by people on their shoulders and be carried to your destination or to step on people's heads to get to the top. I prefer the former, right? I prefer empathy, authenticity, support, community building. Other people, they prefer to tear others down to look larger by comparison. And so that just doesn't jive with me. That's just not how I was raised. That's just not my style of personality, leadership, development. And so I just, I don't know. I don't believe in that. Yeah. And, and to that point though, but I, I, I think some, the reason why it's confusing sometimes is because LinkedIn is confusing. It's like, you see so many different things going on, like certain people getting ahead this way, certain people getting, getting ahead that way. And um, if, if you're just starting out, I, I mean, I can tell you for myself, it's sometimes it's confusing. You know, it's like you have to have like your own center and a particular group. And this is something that you talk about in your, in your course about like, you you got to be talking to somebody specific and mm -hmm. um, you have to have your own like core, you know, personality that, that you're willing to stick by and live by. That's right. And if your content or your brand or the audience that you're aiming for, if everything that you're doing is about telling other people, that their content or brand or is wrong or bad, then there's two things that, that are gonna happen. First of all, you're showing a glimpse into your soul. Like if you're a person whose content's all about tearing others down, you are showing people a glimpse into your soul, number one. Because to me, that's just, I don't know, I don't like that kind of stuff. And number two, what kind of audience do you think that you're gonna build? 
do you think that you're going to build an audience of empathetic top high performers? Likely not. You're going to build an audience of folks who think tearing other people down or pointing out why other people are doing things the wrong way or not the correct way. That's the audience you're going to build. If that's the community or the tribe that you want to surround yourself with, go for it. I would encourage you to pick up any book about networking, thumb through the pages and say, is anywhere in here say to build your, surround yourself with people who are tearing other folks down or negative? No, of course, they all recommend the opposite. And so that's why I build my audience the way I do versus telling you that someone else isn't doing it the right way. Yeah, no, I hear you. And it's funny that you bring up the networking thing too, because that's essentially what LinkedIn is. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a place where you can network um, in somewhat of a scalable way. I mean, not entirely, totally. not entirely, but, um, but people for, I, I, I don't know what it is about those, the, the platform. I, maybe it's just that you're putting yourself out there and there's links or, or there's likes and comments and all that stuff. So there's that immediate engagement, but there's something about the social platform that, that warps people's ability to, to do what they would normally do in, in person. Yeah. I, I, like some people don't want to be on there. That's totally cool. I'm also an advocate for people doing whatever they think is best for them. Right. Um, but people will go to a networking event, you know, pre COVID would go to a networking event to, I don't know, meet 20 people, exchange 15 business cards, have some small talk, um, and pay a fee to go to those things. And LinkedIn is a free networking event where you can scale the amount of people that understand who you are. You can have more meaningful conversations. You can also have terrible conversations if you want, right? Just like an, <laughs> just like an in-person networking event, but you can have meaningful conversations with thousands of people at scale. And so um, I don't know, I'm an introvert by nature. And yeah, same here. many, a lot of folks don't know that, but I'm, I'm very much an introvert. When I go to networking events, I'm actually very intimidated to go up and start conversations. It's just not who I am. And so LinkedIn provides me a platform where my introversion doesn't matter and where I can share my thoughts via text, via video, via audio and grow my own network. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And, um, and not only that, but the advantage is like you can, so you go to a networking group and usually it's like you're networking with likewise or, you know, professionals that are similar to you. So mm -hmm. you're always like, if it's, if, if you're using it to like, essentially get business you're always like one step away so you're you're having to build and i'm not saying that this is a bad thing to build those professional relationships but you're still not talking directly to you know your customers or the the people that you want to do business with ultimately whereas on linkedin you can really do both with with a single effort Co companies today will pay 15 or 20,000 dollars to have a trade show booth where they might collect 60 leads. And by leads, I mean someone who came over to win your free iPad right. and dropped their business card in a, in a fishbowl. So you're spending 15, 20K, hoping to get 60 leads and maybe one or two of them turning into, turn into a big, big customer. This year, my content will be read by 28 million people for free. Yeah, and great. so I, I would often compare those two things. If you're a business and you're missing out on this organic opportunity, you're, you're absolutely missing an enormous potential. And that's why you see companies like Gong, Outreach, 
gravy. You see all of their, their, their reps, their, their C-suite, their managers, all over there because they're getting business from there. And so, I don't know, I, I just can't, I can't balance those two things. It becomes really challenging for me to understand the, the, the trade show game. Yeah, and, then, and to the point of how many views you're getting, you know, you're getting a lot more views than most people. Um, but even like, even for myself, you know, I realize like even if I do a post and it ranges from, you know, like a thousand to 6,000 views, I mean, how many impressions am I going to get like just going to a network event? Um, so it's like, that's a ton of views as well. Even though like, I think like people like, I'll talk to people and say, oh, I only got like 500 views on that. I was like, well, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of people to see what you did. And you get a lot of feedback from that. And then when you post a couple of different times, and then you get to see the difference between uh, one post or the next. It's like, you can learn a lot from that. You learn like how to get attention, how to like what people actually want. You, you learn a host of things from even just a small amount of, of views. If I, if I told you that by spending 30 minutes of your time every day, you could give a talk on a stage to 5,000 people every single day, like, would that be worth 30 minutes? And yeah. to my, in my you know, opinion, the answer is yes. You know, I, when I write a post each morning, I essentially speak to an audience the size of a college football stadium. And that's, that's taken time. When I posted 18 or 24 months ago, it was nothing crickets, right? But just consistency and patience. And the, the numbers are staggering. And I don't do that to be arrogant or braggadocious or anything. It just shows you that you can go from 500 to 1,000 to 2,000 to eventually 100,000 if you stick with it, if you stay consistent. And I really think if you stay positive, empathetic, you know your audience. And when people tell me like my, my content is only, was only seen 5,000 times today, I always am like, have you ever spoken in front of 5,000 people? Right. Like, that's such a huge win. What a, what a win. What a time we're living in where we can each have an audience like that every single morning. I just think that's, that's, that's insane. Yeah, the, the logic t actually tells you just like, okay, the only thing I really need to master at this point is making sure that that content is going to like really impress people or, mm -hmm. or give them some sort of value that's going to make them like want to continue to engage with me or look at my profile. Um, you don't even have to necessarily worry about getting more views. It's just like, now let's just perfect it. And my guess is all the rest of the stuff just comes naturally. Yeah. To, to me, it's like, that's where the, the positivity versus negativity stuff comes in, right? It's like, if you're going to have 5,000 people read something, do you want it to be you dogging someone online because you think you're better than them? I don't know. I think that's valueless. Like, so, so for me, the, what I try and add each morning is actionable, something helpful, something, but the, the purpose of my content is either to inspire you to do something really great or for you to read it and say, oh, I learned one thing reading this and I'm going to go apply that one thing to my life today. And hopefully throughout that, through that application, my life will improve. And if I can do that for people on a regular basis, then I, I like to think that they will find that valuable. And if they find that valuable, then I will earn a follow. And by earning a follow, I will hopefully continue to add value down the road and they will share it with their friends and network. Yeah, totally. So then um, like you seem like a guy from, from everything that I've seen, like you have a really like strong center in terms of like where you come from, what your purpose is, like who you're trying to serve. Like, I think the one challenge that people do sometimes have is like, um, is, you know, really kind of getting focused on their audience and like, how, like, what advice do you have for someone that um, kind of knows who they're 
their audience is, but they don't really know what they want or like they don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. I think, I think it's probably, I think I, I get that statement a lot. Like, Oh, you seem really focused. And like the truth of the matter is I'm not <laughs> like, it's something I struggle with just as much as everybody else. So to give you like sort of a, some context around that, you know, for the first 12 months of posting, I was posting about my journey at patient pop, my, you know, growing the sales team, learning about being an executive. Um, when I left that role, you know, I used my personal brand to grow my standalone business. And so the content in the second phase of my journey was more around personal branding. Um, and then as my client list got full, I wanted to continue to target more clients. So then it became more about advising other businesses. So my content has actually shifted multiple times. The reason that value, and I know that's like a, a cliche word we throw around all the time, but the reason that like giving actionable advice is so appealing is because people start to follow and engage with you. You become the brand. It doesn't become Justin Welsh advisor or Justin Welsh guy who helps with personal brands or Justin Welsh guy who built patient pop. It's just like, Oh, I like Justin. He's usually pretty helpful. He has a positive spirit. Um, so I'm going to just follow him. And when, when you're the brand and when people follow you, then there's no competition. Nobody can compete with right. me because I'm the only me. And so like, I don't compete with Kevin Dorsey. I don't compete with Colin Cadmus or Jake Dunlap. Or, they all have their own brands and people follow them for who they are. And that's awesome. I love those guys too. So I don't know. I, that's how I think about it. I don't, I don't worry about focus. I worry about value. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, and, and so when, when you transitioned from those different roles, you didn't really see much change in terms of like your audience or... Um, yeah, I did. Like, you know, I think as I move from phase to phase, there's always peaks and valleys. Um, but I, I bring it back to something that I read that Dave Gerhart wrote uh, at one point in time, which I thought was a really, a really good thing. And it's, it's my, it's, it's definitely a mantra that I've had, although I've never expressed it in the way that he did. So I really appreciated the way that he captured it. He said something to the effect, and I'm paraphrasing, so I'm, I may not get it correct, but you know, don't step up to the plate every day trying to hit a home run, just like hit singles and doubles, get on base. Yeah. And so for me, you know, if I write something in one day, it's a hundred thousand readers and the next day it's 40,000, I'm, I'm not sad or upset or, you know, worried. It's just like, that was 40,000 new people or, or 40,000, you know, eyeballs that saw my stuff. That's, that's great. And so to me, it's just hit singles, hit doubles. And every once in a while you get a home run and by consistency is the name of the game. I, I'm not for virality. I'm not for trying to reach a certain number of views every post. It's just, I get out there, I share what I've learned and hopefully if people find it valuable, I'll continue to trend in the right direction. Yeah, no, I, I can tell you like from my own experience, that's definitely something that I've always struggled with here and there is like, it's like you, you get a certain level of engagement. Uh, and then the next day it's like, you, for whatever reason, you know, it, it doesn't go the way you want it. And so it's like, uh, I'm getting better as I go. Um, like I'm, I'm relatively uh, new to social media in general. I mean, I've been on for like nine months or something. Um, but that's definitely something that I've had to think a lot about. And I guess a lot of this still comes back to like mindset, like so many different things, like having the proper mindset of like what you're trying to achieve and uh, not getting too much to get, not getting too caught up into those, those vanity metrics. 
Yeah, it's, and it's interesting. I'll also add this on because I hear a lot of people say a few different things. Some people will get on a podcast and say like, I don't care about that stuff. We're all human. Yeah. They definitely, they definitely. I, it care, seems hard to right? not care a little bit, you it, know. It, it is hard to not care. And so when I say I go from like 100 to 40,000 a day and like, do I wish it was better? Sure. <laughs> right. Like, do I look at it and be like, oh man, bummer. I wish that would like, ah, I wish it was as good as yesterday's. Of course, I'm a human being. Um, but like, it's, it's, if you allow it to eat you, then, then that stinks because it's dopamine hit, right? It's like playing slot machines. So it's definitely a dopamine hit. And, you know, people talk about vanity metrics a lot and it's like, I can appreciate that. I think the metrics are leading indicators of value, right? So if, you're, right. if your metrics are continuing to trend in the right direction, then sure, they could be vanity. But if, pe- if more and more people are consuming my stuff year over year, I do believe that there is some indicator that what I'm putting out there is valuable. Yeah, and plus, plus those, those, those changes, like I think we talked a little bit about this earlier, but it's just like you get to see there's, there's, there's more than one reason why a post doesn't do well. Um, and sometimes it can just be the way you tried to capture attention on your headline and sure. you just didn't, you weren't thoughtful about it. And so just nobody, just people pass by. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be a little bit of a scientist. It's interesting. It's like, I, 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 I've been thinking about this a lot, like a lot lately is like a thought leader has to be more than just someone with, with good thoughts. Um, they also have to be kind of a marketer and to a certain degree, like you kind of have to understand how to, craft the headline, uh, tell the story in a way that's compelling. Um, and you know, know what the, know what is valuable to your audience. And those are all like marketing skills. So you could, Mm -hmm. you could be a great thought leader, have all the best ideas you could, but you could still come to the plate and still not reach as many people. I mean, maybe, maybe in the long run you would just because if you've got great ideas, you have a good product, usually that, that shines through, but the marketing part is a huge part of, you know, penetrating uh, social media in a lot of ways. A hundred percent. It's probably the most important, unfortunately, right? It's like, you know, the best product doesn't always win and the best product doesn't always win because the best marketing usually wins. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm, you know, looking to improve my skills, like, do I, am I improving my tangible like sales leadership skills? Yeah, of course, definitely. Um, but I'm also improving my copywriting skills. My copywriting skills are the most important thing for getting my message across to a wider audience. So I'm not a marketer by trade. I'm a sales leader by trade. Um, but I spend a lot of my free time when I'm reading, reading books on copywriting. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Honestly, like my, my background, uh, so I help people with marketing now, but my background is all in technology. So my first company was a software company. I was building technology, helping people think through technical problems. Um, and I was able to build up that company mostly because I was a thought leader. I was always trying to innovate on the technology side and I was just doing good work for people. So my business grew. And then when I sold that company and I was like starting from scratch, just like a single dude again, uh, that's when I started like investigating marketing and, uh, copywriting and, uh, I, I, I think it's actually kind of cool to come at it that way because I came at it from like an entrepreneurial standpoint. Like I'm just testing things out. I'm learning how to communicate my, my value. And actually what's interesting too is that I'm dyslexic. 
So I've never been a good writer, but copywriting, I don't know. It's like, it's a little bit different. And um, it made me a, a more effective writer. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's, I'm always encouraging people that um, they get intimidated by the marketing piece. They're just like, don't look at it like whatever marketing means to you. Like think of it as like an, an entrepreneurial endeavor. You're just trying things out. You're seeing what, what resonates with people and you're, you're iterating on that. You're making hypotheses and, and, and just iterating it to make it better. And then it becomes a lot more fun. It's not like what I think a lot of people think about marketing because a lot of people just don't want to even touch it. It's just something they just don't want to do. <clears throat> yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of people also don't like to write. Um, it's interesting. So I, I like, I write every day um, on LinkedIn as most people know, and uh, some people may know. Um, and when I go back and I look at some of the stuff I wrote 18 months ago, it looks like I'm reading a different person. Yeah, that's and true. Yeah. like, I, I don't actually, I can't actually like take static. I can't be like, this is where I think I got a little bit better. And this is where I think I got a little bit better. It just, I, I got a little better every week. Um, by writing consistently and I still have a long way to go. Um, and now I'm going to start creating a little bit more long form stuff through a blog. And I'm excited because I, I kind of stink at writing blogs. And so we'll see if I can get better at, at writing longer form. Um, but to me, it's just like, it's like any skill. It's like swinging a baseball bat. It's like swinging a golf club. Like the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. It's, it's not rocket science by any means, but if it is rocket science, if you try rocket science every day, you will get better at it. Yeah. Well, and you're making another important point too, because when we first started talking, we talked about how like social media, uh, you know, getting out there, making your brand is an important thing. Yet, like when you, I mean, I'm sure some people just start and are just naturals and they just do really well. But if, if you, if you think, if you think three or four or five or 10 years out and you know, this is something that's going to be important for you or your business or whatever, and you know, you're not going to get good right away. It's something that you have to kind of just fight through and start to learn because the skills will take a while to develop. Um, it takes a little bit of time to get on video. Like that, I'll tell you like one of the biggest things I did this, this year was just get on video and uh, just like, I, I dreaded it. Like last December, I would like, I was like, I, I knew I would, I would have a hard time going to sleep because I was like, I knew I was going to have to like deal with this thing. And um, I eventually got on video and now it's like, kind of, it's nothing for me at this point. And I'm an introverted person like you. So um, you have to, you have to understand that these things will take time and you won't be the best when you start. And, uh, but if you put in the effort, like you said, it's like, you'll look back at your writing like, man, like I'm, I'm so much better at this. And that skill will last forever. And it will help you hit that longer term goal of being an effective marketer, social media marketer, even paid advertiser if that's something that you want to do yeah absolutely let me let me get my dogs to be quiet for one second sure, Hold no, on. worries. <laughs> no worries sorry about that no um worries. yeah no. I, I i i totally agree like i think i'm not a big fan of i i love being on video like this um i love being a podcast guest i hate being a host um i just don't i just don't love it and so I put myself out there and did like 15 episodes of a specific podcast. And like, I still didn't feel great about it. Um, well, but I'll what, probably give. What was it that you didn't like? Um, boy, 
I don't, I can't really put it. I, I didn't like the pressure of having to, so I'm also an introvert and I, 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 I hate small talk. Like yeah. I just, I hate small talk. And to me, being a podcast host feels like extended small talk. And maybe it's just, I didn't approach it the right way, or I just need to practice more. And that's, it's probably the latter. It's probably both the former and the latter. Um, but, but I just, it didn't resonate with me. It didn't feel comfortable for me. And so I stopped and, um, as I get some more free time, what I'll probably do is start to challenge myself to do things like that again, because I would like to be more well-rounded. I would like to have, you know, hosting and guesting and writing and video in my repertoire. Um, uh, and today I, I'm just, I'm a guest, I write and that's it. And that's cool. It keeps me focused, but I think, you know, putting more tools in your tool belt, it's always a good thing. That's ultimately why I did it. Like, um, I didn't do it to get subscribers. Um, I did it. Number one, I was, I was like, well, I'm going to be able to meet a bunch of cool people um, and I'll be able to make content of it. So when this is over, I'll uh, go through it and make clips of it. I'll send it to you um, and I'll, I'll publish them myself so I can make content from it, which I think is awesome. Um, because that's one of the things that I, over the time that I've been doing content and the reason why I was glad is that I, that I committed to making it was that I, I understood all of the challenges of doing it and it's hard. So having something like this where I can sit and talk with you for 45 minutes and then be able to make, you know, maybe five, maybe more clips. That's pretty cool. Um, but I'll tell you like the, if, you know, just from one introvert to the other, the way I approach it and the way that I pretty much don't have any anxiety, a little bit, just a little nerves in the beginning is really just like being a curious person and just being like, this guy has a lot of interesting knowledge and thinking about it. Like we're at lunch. And I'm just like, I just, this is a cool person. How, what can I learn from him? What cool stories that I, what, what I think he might be interested in. And then when I take it from that appro approach, I don't even really have to plan too much. Um, it's just like two interesting people chatting about stuff. Yeah, that's, that, that makes sense to me. I'm, I'm a systematized guy. So everything I do has systems and process. And so the natural <laughs> flow, which is probably why I hate small talk is there's like, yeah. you know, when I go to like a cocktail party and I get stuck in a corner with somebody and I feel that pause in conversation, that, that's where I'm not super great. Um, that's generally where I'll be like, ah, I'm going to walk away. And so that's what it feels like to me. And so, you know, not yeah. having a system or a process is really challenging for, for a guy like me. And I think, you know, strengthening that skill will just come with repetition. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's funny. I mean, I, in a way it's like, I'm just trying to compare myself too, because I'm, I'm very similar too. In fact, I love systems and processes so much. Sometimes those can bog me down because I'm trying to perfect things, perfect things, perfect things. Um, so maybe I partly do this kind of thing just for, for practice on, on being more comfortable. Um, I tend to just like, just the, the same way when I'm, when I'm writing content and I'm stuck, I try to like get outside my own head and I'm just like, what, what is interesting to this person or what is interesting to my audience? Kind of the same kind of thought. It's like, so when I write content, it's like, what, is, like, instead of me being insecure about what I, what I'm going to share today, it's like, what do I know they really need? And so then if I'm talking at a, like on a podcast or uh, at a cocktail party, whatever, I'll just ask them, I'll say, what are you interested in? Like, what, what kind of things are you interested in? And usually people will, not everyone, but most people will at least entertain you for a while on their, the things that they're interested in. Anyways, just some like thoughts from, from somebody that's going through it. No, I appreciate it. Cool. So, um, so 
I, just a quick question is like, so you have a sales background and mm-hmm. usually there's, I think that I've never thought of it this way because I've just been an entrepreneur. I've, I've had to do marketing sales all at the same time, but you, you grew up, you're, I, I watched another uh, podcast you were on. Your dad was in sales. You were in sales. So when did you learn, um, when did you start learning about branding and marketing and how that, how that could um, like play an important role in terms of like acquiring clients and acquiring, acquiring customers? Yeah, I think, um, so <clears throat> when I started writing on LinkedIn, I did it with the intention of building an audience and that started to happen slowly, but surely. And then I started to realize that I could look at my analytics and like see how many people were reading my stuff or, you know, going to my profile. And I was like, Oh, this is interesting. Cause I mentioned I'm a systems and processes guy. So like looking at analytics to me, looking at data is a lot of fun. I've always enjoyed looking at and breaking down data. It's what makes me an effective sales leader. Um, and then when I went out on my own, I launched a website and I started to look at like, okay, cool. Here's all my LinkedIn data. And then I launched Google analytics and I was like, oh, I can see how people move seamlessly from LinkedIn over to my website. And then I can see how they take action on my website to become customers, of my business. And I was like, okay, customers, of my business pay my bills, right? So LinkedIn to website to customer, it's bill payment right there. That's how I make money, right? It's how I support my family. And so that was like a light bulb moment for me where I wanted to double down on learning everything that I could about branding to drive that funnel. And I love data to begin with. So I started reading books on funnels, right? Copywriting, conversion rates, marketing, like everything that I get my hands on, I wanted to study digital, digital marketing. I just found it more interesting you know, because it propelled my business. So I think it was out of necessity, right? Like I wanted my business to be successful. And, <clears throat> and the second part is just out of enjoyment. I just like that stuff. I just think data is cool. And to know how I can tweak my brand or tweak my message and watch the data change. I don't know. I, I kind of, I've always just had an interest in that. So that, that's, that's kind of where it all, where it all started. So, so you, did you, did you stumble on brand, um, accidentally or like in your other sales roles in, in your other companies were, were they, did they have a big focus on brand or was that, was it mostly like highly sales driven? All sales driven. Um, you know, <clears throat> I was last an individual contributor in like 2012. So back then, like there wasn't a whole lot of social media branding or companies using sh- social media to drive traffic, unless it's HubSpot. HubSpot did a really good job on at that early on. Um, but no, I wasn't, I wasn't privy to that. Like to me, making sales was like, um, you know, sales process. It was knowing your, knowing your customer. It was knowing your, your product, knowing their pain, knowing what value you brought. Um, so it was, it was not a lot about branding. And when I became an executive at patient pop in 2015 and I had a marketing peer, I had Nelson Kim. Um, I had Jared Jost, two really great, great marketers. Um, I started to understand how their work fed into my work and how I was, you know, for lack of a better term, dependent on those guys. You know, if I had a, a, not a good marketer, you know, to fill the funnel, then it was harder to make sales. And so just understanding that world, not on the level of a VP of marketing, not on the level of a CMO, which is helpful in my daily business. So I started to understand branding and marketing and positioning holistically from a business perspective, from powering patient pop. Um, And when I went on on my own, all I did was take some of the lessons I had learned from really smart guys like Jared and Nelson and try and apply them on my own brands. And then furthermore, um, I'm a huge proponent of self-investment. So I belong to Dave Gerhardt's Patreon group. 
right? It's 10 bucks a month, like 10 bucks a month. Right. If I get one, one nugget, it's a, a thousand X return, right? Like right. Um, I, I constantly am reading Harry Dry, marketingexamples.com. Yeah, un- unbelie- yeah. yeah. Unbelievable website. You can, go down, you can go down a rabbit hole for hours and I often do. And so I don't know, I'm just trying to use what I learned in my, in my previous business, like Patient Pop, combine that with what I'm learning in real time for my own brand and own business and you know, turn into my own marketer. And I'm always getting better. And, you know, the better I get, the better my data is. And the better my data is, the more, more customers I get. Yeah. And marketing examples is another one of those cool examples of where somebody, uh, <clears throat> I don't know the full history, but from, from what I know, like he basically started that and he was building a brand, but he didn't have like a lot of quote unquote results to show, but the, the journey led him to figure it all out. And now, you know, lots of people. I just, I, I hear his name all over the place now. Yeah. He's great. And, um, uh, yeah, he like accelerated very quickly. There's, there's email mastery. There's like, there's all these different, um, really sharp young guys who are like coming out and really just showing you how to do marketing online. Another one's Matt Kobach over at fast company. I mean, he's doing, he does a Twitter. He's basically a walking Twitter masterclass. Like, you know, you use Daniel Vasallo on Twitter. He's another example of a guy who shares his journey, like sharing the journey works. And so um, I preach it all the time. I don't follow it as well as I preach it. And so 2021 for me is about, you know, pulling the curtain back from what I do on a daily basis. And hopefully people will find that interesting. I'm going to start doing that more too. Um, And part of the reason why I'm going to do it is because like, it'll just be like an accountability partner, like a, a virtual one. And, uh, I think people are, are interested in that kind of stuff. It's just like showing the insides of what you're trying to do. Like, what are your goals? Like, how are you doing it? What are you learning? Um, showing people how you did it. I think people really like that stuff. And it's like, I, I like the inspirational stuff too. Um, but I think there has to be like a, a balance of like helping people out. So um, one kind of final question. Um, so you did another post, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and it was talking about how you you unsubscribe from every email chain you you know any kind of dm that's trying to sell you uh you pretty much un, un remove the connection or something along those lines um so and you were you were basically saying it's time to think differently folks you know it's like these these methods are not working so what what advice do you give to someone that's feeling the pressure of of needing to to close deals to get their consulting business going or uh, whatever, whatever that is, they have that pressure. They feel like they need to do this just like, and then building the brand can take a while. So like, how do you help people think that through or navigate that? Yeah, it's really hard to build something when you're under pressure. So what what I would recommend and the way that I did it, um, you know, is similar to the way that a guy like Colin Cadmus did it really smart guy in the way that he did it as well is we built our brand while employed right? Like I, I built my brand while I, while I was an executive at a startup company. And so I had a steady paycheck and, um, you know, for me, that was the best way to do it because when I left, I didn't have to start from scratch. So my first recommendation is if you are employed, <laughs> start building your personal brand, right? Like there's no better place to, or time to get started, excuse me, than when you are, you are fully employed. I think like the reason that I talk about unsubscribing and blocking is because I don't know. I think very differently about email chains or email, you know, funnels. So let me give you an example. I just told you I bought Dave Gerhardt's course or uh, excuse me, joined his Patreon. I also bought his course on copywriting. 
I bought Daniel Vassalo's course on Twitter. I've bought a few other, I've purchased a few other courses from people who I follow online. I have also entered into probably over a thousand email funnels in my life and I've never bought a thing. Now, bring a marketer on here, a traditional marketer, and they will tell you, I'm not gonna stop doing it until it stops working. But what does working mean? Like, again, let's go back to like, what do results mean? What does expertise mean? But what does working mean? If you make one sale out of 100 people in your, in your email inbox, is that, is that working? When you burned the other 99, when, when 47 of the other 99 unsubscribe and block you from their email, like working is subjective. You know, there's, 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 there's cost for, for every person you put into your email funnel. You might get a few wins, but you might get significantly more losses. And so I, don't, I think that people don't think about that a lot. And, and, that's, as, and that's your brand too, like those experiences. So like, like DMs and emails, like, like you could be building a reputation through your posts and doing a good job there, but then burning a bunch of other people elsewhere. Totally. And so that, that's how I think about that. And I don't know, to me, it's like, I'd rather, and again, I, I don't, I don't like violence or guns. So pardon my, <laughs> my, um, my, my metaphor or simile or whatever it is, but like, I'd rather use a sniper rifle, right? Like I'd rather be, I'd rather have a specific target, be very specific, go after it than, you know, get, send 30 emails to someone's inbox for 30 consecutive days. I just don't feel comfortable with that. And that's why I don't do it personally. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And that's also an interesting thing about the, the podcasting too, is like, you, you just have to come up with more interesting ways, um, keep up with the times to like invite people. Cause like you can, you can invite prospects to your podcast and then get introductions that way. And um, so, but it does, it does, it does, it does require you to, um, I guess, coming back to that center, like you get bombarded with all these different things. So, you know, you get, you'll get bombarded with people um, on LinkedIn telling you that they can get you clients doing it the same way they're doing it. And so you're getting so many mixed messages uh, from LinkedIn and marketers on what's working, what's not working. It's a, uh, it's a noisy, uh, a noisy place to, to try to like, plan your own strategy. Agreed. Yeah. Well, cool, man. So, um, so how do, uh, so how do you specifically help people and then how can people get a hold of you? Sure. Um, you know, my core business is I advise early stage SMB SaaS founders. They're generally below 10 million in recurring revenue and looking, looking to growing, uh, grow their recurring revenue toward 50 million. Um, and I also help people build really intentional and purposeful brands on LinkedIn. And so if you want to learn about either of those things, you can go to my website. It's pretty simple. It's theofficialjustin.com, theofficialjustin.com. Or if you want to, you know, reach out and say hello, then you can use my email address, which is justinwelsh at hey.com, H-E-Y.com. Cool. And then do you, besides your course and like the, the strategy session that you can get along that, do you do like one-on-one -on -one consulting with people on, on LinkedIn and building personal brands? I, I do. I do. Um, you know, I don't, I don't market it, but a lot of folks reach out um, and say, you know, could I get a few coaching sessions and I'll usually put together something. Um, so yeah, it's the, the same way you can email me or you can purchase my course and, and there's a coaching session you can get with it. And then we can discuss after that coaching session, if you know, more are warranted. That's cool, man. All right. Well, cool. Well, so um, again, I totally appreciate you coming on. This has been a cool experience and I look forward to seeing you on LinkedIn and uh, interacting there as well. Steven, thanks so much for having me, man. Really enjoyed it. All right, cool, man. Have a good one. See you.